getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, we got to welcome former Hawkeye great Jordan Bernstein to the broadcast. Jordan, thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule. Follow you on social media, so I know you got a lot going on. So thanks for taking time to meet with us today. Absolutely, no problem. I'm always down to talk a little Hawkeye sports. You'll have to uh, excuse me if I have my twins running around in the background a little bit. Uh, that that's totally cool. We got we've had a lot of interviews where we've had stuff like that going on. So tell me, since we you know brought up the the girls, tell us a little bit about what it's like been like to be a father and be raising twin girls. Um, what has it been like? It has been crazy. All right, uh, it's not something that I expected. So um, from the time that we found out we were having twins, uh, I was uh, just stressed. Okay, and just in go mode. Uh, mom kind of handled that and helped with that a lot. Uh, but now we're getting the hang of things a little bit as they're about to turn four years old here in a few weeks. Um, and shoot, I love it. I love twins. I would have it any other way. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, you can really sense just, you know, seeing you over the years through social media and things, you look like you're extremely happy and that you're in a really great place in life and things are really going great for you. So that, that's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they make me happy. I mean, we're busy. Our hands are always full. Uh, I never have free time, but uh, being with them is shoot. It's the world. So that's what we try yeah. to do every day, which is why uh, we've structured the business the way that we have and just everything. So now we have plenty of time. Well, they sure are two beautiful little girls. And, um, you know, one thing that I have to bring up is, you know, we're a, a former Lincoln rail splitter here. Uh, it's always pretty cool to talk to somebody that grew up in Des Moines. Um, I'm a little older than you, so I was in and out of there before you'd come through. But it's it's always pretty nice to see a former rail splitter and, and uh, 
and catch up because especially with me living out here in Nebraska and then now you're in Colorado Springs, you're probably not running into too many guys that went to Lincoln High School in Des Moines. Um, never. All right. I never yeah. run into anyone that went to Lincoln, uh, Des Moines, anything. Uh, I mean, I run into a bunch of Hawkeye fans out here in Colorado Springs. So that's one of the pluses. Uh, so, uh, and I just love that. But Hawks are everywhere. Rail splitters are not, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I think a lot of them tend to typically stick to Des Moines when they're done. <laughs> they hang out, stick around the South Side, and and hang out. Which there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It's all good. I love the South Side of Des Moines. I need to get back and visit the family and friends here soon. I know, me too. You got you miss that uh all that good Italian food out there on like a million good pizza places that to I, me I mean, is, we don't have. All right, that's the spot. What spot? To me, all right, that's my spot okay. since forever for Italian food. It's like any guy that grew up on the south side of Des Moines, it's like you got a real strong opinion on Italian food and what (laughs) there is because there's some good stuff out there. And when you grow up with it, you don't realize it's like you got it real good when it comes to that kind of stuff out there. And you move away and you're like, there's no good places like this anywhere else. And they're like everywhere in Des Moines. So that's uh, especially the south side of Des Moines. Um, well, you know, one thing we wanted to talk about since we, you know, brought up uh, Colorado Springs is uh, y- your new career path that you've taken over the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. Ground Up Sports Performance is a new um, organization that you you've been running. Looks like it's been very, very successful. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there? Uh, ground up. Yeah, man, we are getting there, figuring this whole business thing out a little bit versus just wearing a helmet. So, um but ground up is it's been amazing. We opened uh, in 2017, um, training athletes, uh, training youth athletes, high school athletes, uh, just any athletes that need help, uh, focusing a lot on speed, agility, um, and really just teaching athletes uh, the process is the goal for me. Being able to teach athletes how to keep pushing, teaching athletes uh, just how to keep going, and that it's not going to be. It's not going to be as pretty as you think in your head, um, which I know from personal experience being, uh, you know, highly touted coming out of high school and getting to Iowa and getting punched in the face and getting my whole position switched. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Being able to get these type of concepts and stories across to our athletes at a younger time is uh, really my job and my focus. And I just love doing it, man. That that's awesome. That you know, it's really looks like you're doing some great things. Um, you know, if anybody wants to get out and check out what you guys are doing, um, just check them out on Facebook and go to Jordan's Facebook page and Ground Up Sports Performance. Um, looks like you're really developing some strong athletes there, and you definitely have a real knack for for what you're doing. Um, wanted to circle back here a little bit and ask you about your uh, recruiting process. Like you said, being a highly touted recruit, which you were. Um, four star coming out of Des Moines Lincoln. Um, you had it. Look, your your final group of schools. We had Iowa, Nebraska, UCLA, um, Texas A and M, and Pitt. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us, um, you know, something that maybe the typical fan wouldn't know about how your recruiting process went and what your thought process was narrowing that down and officially choosing the Hawkeyes? Um. Well, one thing that a lot of people didn't know when I was being recruited is I wasn't from Iowa. Um, I was from the Bay Area, from Vallejo, California, uh, raised, and that's where I played Pop Warner and 
learn to play football and all these things. Um, and then once I moved to Iowa right before high school, um, I was five, five, 125 pounds my freshman year. All right. So that process that I was talking about, um, I'm built on and really believe in that. Um, so being this scrawny 125 pound kid, uh, fast forward a few years to being able to be the number three safety in the country uh, is something that kids don't see. They don't see that uh, ahead of time. They just see when the guys are big, strong and fast. So I get to really be able to break that down and uh, explain, hey, you're small now. I was too. Okay, so now you got to keep working to get to that point. You got to set those goals now. Uh, so with that, um, during that whole recruiting process, uh, I was going into recruiting before getting my first offer. Like I was going back to California in my mind. Like I grew up watching California schools, that kind of thing. Um, but once it uh, came down to it, the University of Iowa just ended up being home and feeling like home for me. Um, by that time, my family was in Iowa. They had been at every game. Um, so that played a major part in that decision of being able to commit to the University of Iowa. I remember uh, during your recruiting process, for those of us diehard Hawkeyes that follow recruiting, we were a little nervous we were going to lose you to UCLA. That was uh, the worry. And anyone that's <laughs> been to that campus – that's a beautiful, no. beautiful campus. So I was anyone like, who has been to that campus, uh, the weekend of my official visit, the weekend that they upset USC. Okay, oh, wow. I would have knocked them out of the national championship late in the year. They were in the number two team in the country, and like that, uh, that official visit was very tempting to commit on the spot. Just that atmosphere. Um, yeah. To be completely honest, but. Uh, yeah, really had to get back home, talk down, sit down with the family and kind of weigh the pros and cons of everything. So that kind of helped or, uh, or yeah, I would have said, Hey, let's do this guys on the spot. Yeah. Well, that was a, that's a pretty intelligent level-headed approach. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, especially, especially that age are just, you know, you're impulsive and you see something like that and you're like, you know, I know when I visited the first time I went to UCLA and saw the campus, I was in my late 20s. And I mean, they probably wouldn't have had me, but I would have committed right then. <laughs> right there, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, it, it was awesome. But we're glad you chose to come to Iowa. So that was, uh, I think it was a great move for you and a great move for, for the University of Iowa as well. Um, Absolutely. Tell us, a, tell, us, tell us a little about, a bit about what it was like to switch positions so late in college. Um, that it was had awful. been a little tough. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. All right. I was the number three safety in the country coming out of high school. I had guys recruiting me for other positions as well, whether it be running back, receivers, corner, etc. Anybody that mentioned the word cornerback, I crossed off the list and didn't answer any more phone calls. <laughs> All right. Um, so I just did not like the position uh, in high school. I was always further back, being able to play downhill, being able to look at the football field from this view. So um, once I got on campus and had to switch the corner, I was looking at the field from here, couldn't play as physical and downhill the way that I liked. And uh, I was not very comfortable with that. Uh, it was funny, man. Um, my first workout at Iowa, 
I get on campus, summer workout, whether it be May, June, whatever. Um, get on campus. We're breaking up after uh, for speed session in the position groups. This is how I found out because Coach Parker never mentioned the word cornerback to me. Okay. <laughs> Never. And that's why I, I've told him this before, but I just felt set up. All right. He should have <laughs> just told me this. But uh, once I got on campus, we're at some workouts with the coaches. They're like, OK, the D line go over here. Linebackers over here. OK, safeties over here. Um, I'm jogging over here with the safeties. Me and Sash, we're just getting there, you know, and uh, he's like, hey, Bernstein. Nope. Over here. Get over there with the corners. Go over there. Do what Godfrey does. <laughs> Like, oh, corners. All right. I jog <laughs> over here with uh, the corners. And next thing I know, I was a cornerback. There was no discussion about uh, position change. All right. <laughs> it was uh, uh, I was thinking in my head, maybe I'm just learning a little bit of corner so I can do this. No. All right. So um, between us, I was trying to be a hard headed 18 uh, year old kid. And I'm like, OK, maybe if I just suck at corner he'll move me back to safety i don't know <laughs> all right so uh with that said i was not doing the greatest at corner initially since i was new i remember coach parker pulling me into his office and saying um hey bernstein i know what you're doing i'm not moving you back to corner you're playing or i'm not moving you back to safety you're playing corner so <laughs> you might as well learn the position all right because you'll be starting there next year and from that wow. point, I really locked in on the position uh, and learned the position a little bit more, um, trying to start at corner my sophomore year, but uh, going into it. Wow. That's that's a, that's a big adjustment. Um, you know, talking about starting out and, you know, early in your career, too. I was um, I was at Soldier Field when you guys played Northern <laughs> Illinois and. You came out on one of your first plays and just lit the guy Not up the top of the ball. Literally, my first play of college football. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh, that is not the way that you see that going. All right. You were you my, were pumped. In huh? my mind, I'm thinking my first play is gonna be a kick return for 90. It's gonna be a tackle for a fumble. <laughs> uh something. I don't know. Strip sack. First play of college football. Uh we get the ball first. Uh, we go three and out. I think it's the fourth play of the season. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm going in at the left gunner. Um, I was so jittery, just anxious, ready to hit people, ready to run fast. Uh, yeah, that did not go the way that I planned it. Uh, oh. Basically, for those that don't know, my first play of college football, I'm the left gunner. Uh, we call hike. I make a move, kill this guy, running past him untouched, running 4-3-40 to the returner. Uh, as I get to retur the returner, trip a little bit, stumble. That's between us. Nobody knew that. All right. But anyway, it looks like I just ran 4-3-40 into this returner while the ball is in the air. All right. Hit him. All right. Get up. And then the ball comes down. It was like I didn't even know how to play football is the way it looked, okay? <laughs> uh, but with that said, I just remember uh, all these flags being thrown. I look over at the sideline. Kirk Ferentz and Coach Parker are laughing, all right? <laughs> Coach Parker's laughing. He's trying to hold it in because he doesn't laugh, so he's a little pissed, okay? <laughs> Bernstein, get over here. 
<laughs> but he's like laughing and all this stuff. And uh, luckily, my career turned around a little bit from there. But like I said, it does not go the way that people think. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because in the stands, everybody was like, he was just jacked for his first play. And <laughs> he was just jacked. Everybody's like, he was just pumped. Like, everyone, like, totally understood. They're like, hey, it's your first play in your first game and you're playing in Soldier Field. I probably would have lit the first guy up, too, that I saw. So it was it was understandable, oh man. Goodness. It, was, it was, was hilarious. But the part that nobody knows about that is, yes, as I was running this 4-3 to this guy and I'm starting to break down, my foot, like, stumbles in the grass and now I'm like stumbling forward. It's too late. Somebody's got to get hit. All right, is kind <laughs> of how that went. Oh, that's a that's one of my my favorite memories going to a Hawkeye game and oh, remembering that. So that was that was pretty wild. I always remember that. Um, you know, one name you mentioned uh, earlier that I, I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about was Tyler Sash. Um, you know, one of the all time Hawkeye greats. Um. What what was it like playing with him, and what kind of guy was he? Uh, amazing, man. That was my friend. That was my brother. Uh, I knew Sash before we got to the University of Iowa. Um, as we were going through all the recruiting stuff and all the unofficials to the university and things like that. Uh, so he was somebody that I knew for a long time. Um, and with that said, being able to pl- see him make all those plays and just do the things that he did. I was, that was the stuff that we were talking about before we got there. All right. Uh, but between us, I wish we would have been able to be back there together. All right. Yeah. And be able to be in that secondary, but we had my boy Greeny who was holding it down. So all right, I'll have to let that slide for now. All right. <laughs> I love my boy Greeny. All right. Uh, but it was just amazing, man. Uh, it was amazing with Sash. It was amazing. The chemistry on some of those Hawkeye teams. Um, shoot, RIP Sash. I love you, brother. Yeah, he was not only a, just a, a great player and a, a great representative of the University of Iowa, just a great person. And all of his teammates Absolutely. that talk about him have nothing but nothing but positive things to say about the guy. So um, transitioning into your uh, your pro career and uh, playing for the Redskins. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that transition went, uh, you know, the step up and the level of play, and um, a little bit about the the, the, the knee injury? Um, yes, that transition was amazing. I loved it, man. It got cut, it got cut uh, too quickly, uh, in my opinion. I fell into a great situation in defense um, with that because – uh, the transition for me was really just once I got to learn what the heck it was that I was supposed to be doing, I could just go play football. Um, Coach Parker started to let me play a little more as I got older at the University of Iowa, but um, just the where I needed to be and just things like that um, was a little different. So once I got into the NFL with Coach Raheem Moore, um, there was one story I remember in particular um, I would ask him a question uh, during film. I'm like, uh, so I know I, I know I should disguise here and make it look like this, but where do you want me at uh, when the ball snapped? Uh, and that's something that I would mess around with at Iowa. I would disguise different things, but when the ball snapped, I'm at a certain depth and things like that. And I just remember Coach Raheem saying, um, do you know where you're supposed to be at? On the, do you know what coverage you have? Yes. 
Do you know where you're supposed to be? Yes. I don't care. Okay. Huh. Like you can be on the other side of the line of scrimmage. All right. You can be on the other side of the line of scrimmage for all I care. Long as you handle your responsibility and cover the man you're supposed to cover. I don't care. Play football, be a football player. And from that point, um, I really utilized that um, and was just able to go football. Um, so with that said, I was playing closer to the line of scrimmage. I was playing pressed up on these tight ends, being able to make my reads and uh, got to make a lot more plays in the backfield uh, between us. Uh, I remember my first, my first preseason game. I think I had like three tackles for a loss or something like that. Uh, and just being able to run stuff down and play back downhill. And that stuff was fun, man. Uh, and with that, being able to make some of these plays early and have some of these experiences on the field, uh, yeah, the career just got cut early too short, in my opinion. Um, being that when we were at the Saints, I finally make the team. All right, have a good preseason, making some plays. Um, then when we we're in New Orleans, I'm running down on kickoff. I'm engaged with a guy looking over his shoulder at Darren Sproles, all right, the human joystick, as I used to call him, uh, <laughs> running towards me. And uh, as I'm looking towards Sproles, I have two guys behind me just fall into the back of my legs, rolled up on, freak accident. All right. Uh -oh. uh, and with that, I stand up and try to put some weight on it. And, uh, yeah, obviously, that didn't work out very well when you tear uh, your ACL, MCL, PCL, and patella tendon. All right? So, basically, my knee went boom. Um, yeah. It was different. It was different. Uh, it was nothing new for me, considering I've always had injuries. At Iowa, I had shoulder surgery. I had ankle surgery. I had this. I had that. Um and I always came back faster. I always came back stronger. And I always came back a better football player. From, um, And that was the goal with this injury as well. It was a little, it was a little different considering I was running a 4-3 on Sunday. On, I had uh, went to the doctor a Sunday night. Monday morning, I was told I would not be able to walk or jog without a limp. Okay. Um, when the wow. doctor told me what, what I tore, what the injury was, my response was, okay, what's the time frame for that? When can I get back playing? Crazy. <laughs> Football <laughs> players are crazy. Uh, so uh, that was my response. And he kind of chuckled, like, <laughs> back playing. Like, dude, I'm, we're just trying to get you back able to do things in everyday life. We're just trying to get you able to walk. We're just trying to get you able to uh, – Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details be able to stand <laughs> like things like I'm like what I'm like oh no this is just crazy so uh it was a definitely a major injury uh to the point where I remember that at one point they're throwing around the word amputation I'm like what Whoa. are you talking about like it's nerve damn and that like 
Oh. So these things are very tough to hear uh, being the athlete that I always was on the field. Uh, shoot, I was always the most athletic guy on the field. One of the most athletic guys on the field from an overall standpoint. Jump yeah. the highest, run the fastest, do this, do that. So being able to tell that I wouldn't be able to do those things, like it's just something I wasn't able to accept. Uh, so I really locked in on that uh, recovery process um, the way that I always have um, times 10 uh, to get this knee back right. I was with uh, the Redskins and their training staff for the first year uh, all the way up until the next season of 2013. After the 2013 season, uh, or to start the 2013 season, that was when I got released uh, since the knee still wasn't ready. Um, I, that was when I moved to Colorado. Um, thanks to my uncle Rod Bernstein, who used to play for the Broncos. All right, yeah. actually, happy birthday. Shout out to Uncle Rod. All right, it was his birthday, birthday boy. All right, but he's the reason I'm in Colorado. So um, right. he had me come out to Colorado. He's like, hey, come here. I know this trainer. You guys can train, get your rehab, and so you can get back to where you need to be. Uh, I come here to Colorado. I'm training. I'm doing two-a-days, three-a-days every day, okay, for another full year from all the way up to 2014, guys. All right, that is the process that I'm talking about, like blinders, nothing else, just I'm going to get back in the NFL. All right, yeah. uh, finally got the knee back to uh, close to 100%. I thought it was 100%. Um, started back working out for some teams um, in that 2014 season um, and was getting good, good calls. They're like, hey, you're looking athletic, the knee's looking good, but I still see you favoring a little bit. Uh, we'll may keep working out. We'll call you. Maybe we'll call you later in the season. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So uh, from there, uh, while at a workout with the team, I actually was covering one-on-one. I'd take a weird step and partially re-tear my ACL to start 2015, oh. guys. This is actually a story I've never really told anybody and told people about. I went into dark mode and grind mode to rehab that second time. But tore my ACL, partially re-tore my ACL in 2015. Crazy. After getting it all the way back to this point, back running fast, jumping, um, and once I retort that time, I was still getting back to the NFL, guys. That's how, like, my, the blinders I had was crazy looking back, okay? This is three years post-injury, like two and a half years post-injury. Uh, so, anyway, had that surgery again in 2015. Um, around this time, I was starting to um, have some – some seniors and junior defense backs that, hey, I see you working out every day up here. I want to do what you're doing, that kind of thing. So come on, I'm going. All right, and that's kind of how I uh, found a passion for being able to help other athletes. Um, as I was recovering from this injury the second time, I started having these athletes coming in. I'm still going first every rep. I go, they go. When you go, I'm saying, hey, get lower. Hey, don't do this. Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do this. Uh, next thing I know, uh, I really just believe, it made me believe that, hey, these kids don't know anything. All right. <laughs> and uh, 
I mean, I didn't either. It really made me look at myself and my own career in retrospect. Because in high school, I was a very good athlete and football player, but I did not know anything. I didn't know how to go cover guys. I didn't know how to go do this. I didn't know these different coverages and stuff like that. So uh, that's what really gave me the passion to be able to help these athletes. Uh, Seeing that and then transitioning my mind to being able to understand that, okay, you guys are just a blank canvas. None of you know anything. Oh, you're you're three, four star recruit. You still don't know anything. All right. I love it. <laughs> like that's the part I love. I, uh, so, um, from there, that's kind of how my career transitioned, uh, started helping these athletes. I really loved it. Um, and just loved the information that I have stored in my career, in my head from being able to get cussed out from coach Parker about this, that, and this for four years, uh, consistently, uh, and just understanding that's how you progress. That's how you get better. Um, and that's what I've been able to really be able to, uh, kind of build the foundation of my business on. And, uh, with that mindset of being able to trust the process and keep pushing. That's really interesting though, how, you know, that's a really cool story about how you got started into that and you know just working out with those young guys it really brought out the coach inside of you and it sounds like it just felt like a natural fit for you and felt good and it's crazy how that worked because i remember since i've been in college since i was like before just have people have always asked me the question like what would you coach would you do this would you do that i've always been like no i don't think i would coach no like no. Well, first and foremost, I'm getting in the NFL. What are you going to do? NFL. NFL. <laughs> like, yeah. But okay, well, would you coach? Would you do this? Would you do that? And uh, the answer is always no, no, no. I don't think this. I don't think that. Uh, so I, it's amazing to me how you find that passion, how you develop that passion and how it comes. Um, yeah. Because it was very organic for me um, being able to see the progress in these athletes. And these were And these were really high-level athletes at the time, Uh, high school senior DBs that were going to Oregon State, going to Wisconsin, all right? Shout out to my boys, all right? Uh, And with that, um, that transitioned um, even further down the road to when I actually opened our business, Ground Up Sports Performance, with my partner, Mike Bolio. Um, And... That gave me an even deeper passion of being able to help youth athletes, uh, which is what I get to do a little more of is train our young guys, not just the high school kids, but shoot, I have kids that are eight years old. Uh, my youngest was six and now he was in the other day. Now he's nine. Uh, and just seeing that development and progress and consistency that these kids are able to build uh, at a young age is just what I love, man. Tell us a little bit about um, a guy that you would go against or that you even just noticed in practice and in the weight room that was just a beast that you were like every day, like this guy is bringing everybody to the next level. Um, along with that tied into um, with Coach Parker, Coach guys, can you tell us a little bit about um, what it was like to play for Coach Parker too and, and what your relationship was like with him? Okay, those are two separate questions because I play with a lot of guys that are crazy. 
All right, you name it. I played on some amazing Iowa teams, man. Like, shoot, from the Adrian Claiborne's to the Pat Angers, who was just crazy. I love Pat. All right, to, I mean, my guy's Marvin McNutt, who just seeing his transition from quarterback to wide receiver and breaking all these records and, like, it's just crazy. So, uh, I mean, shoot, it's not just one guy. I can't even tell you one guy. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, I mean, to Brian Balagas, all right, I've had to run into his big butt a few times. And Riley Reefs, all right. Like, uh, I played with some amazing guys at the University of Iowa, uh, and that is something that I'll never forget. Uh, from 2007 to 2011, we – I mean, Tony Moiaki, I mean, Charles Godfrey, when I first got on campus, these guys that I'm looking at, like, oh, these guys are just crazy. All right. Uh, Sean Green, seeing some of the things he did on the football field once he got his legs underneath him were amazing. All right. Some of those back-to-back highlights at Purdue and, shit, I've never liked to be that DB. Okay. <laughs> so, uh Man, we I played with just some amazing football players at the University of Iowa, and those That's are just great. my brothers, man. And uh, shoot, just watching guys at the University of Iowa, guys before us, whether it was uh, whether it was the Bob Sanders, who was a guy who that's who I modeled my game after. Of if you guys didn't know, uh, right? man. <laughs> I like I loved a lot of safeties. I watched a lot of safeties. I have a long. I have a nice size list of safeties, uh, but for some reason between us, Bob Sanders is still my favorite safety. I think it's just because he was just small, explosive, and hitting everything. Uh, oh. uh, I don't but, think anyone's ever uh, hit as hard as him. <laughs> hey, I believe it. All right, I've seen some of the clips and got to meet him one time, and uh, I don't get starstruck. I remember uh, meeting him when I was at Iowa. We were at one of our retreats. Uh, leadership retreats and he pops in and I'm just like ah, I'm saying this hey hey can I get a picture dude That's I awesome. tried to be cool but it was it was a little tough I would have been uh, the same way so I don't I don't blame you at all I'm um, tra- tra- transitioning over uh to your like your relationship with coach Parker and coach Ferentz and you know all the you know the culture um in you know practice and in the weight room and everything like that um, how was your relationship with those coaches and, um, you know, what was it like playing for those guys? Uh, it was amazing, man. I, I loved it. Um, me and coach Parker, our relationship was, uh, love, hate, <laughs> I guess in a way. Uh, and it was more because I was, uh, a hard headed kid, hard headed kid that, uh, always had some type of pushback even though I always as much as I love learning that pushback was mostly because of the position change coach Parker all right uh but uh it was it was fun man uh he taught me so much he really molded me and helped me as a player and uh and as a coach just looking at the way that things worked out and the things that I do today uh I joke with the guys uh some of the guys when they're in town that know coach Parker uh, about the way that I train and coach and uh, just preach repetition and uh, these type of things to these guys. Uh, it's funny. It's like it's like I coach like Coach Parker, but in my own way. Right? Yeah. Uh, and 
it's crazy how that works out. Uh, but yeah, man, our relationship was our relationship was good. He was uh, he was always a strict coach, doing things, uh, wanted things done his way. Uh, as a player, uh, you always you're always going to push back with that a little bit. You always still want to do things your way. You're still, hey, well, why is your way? Why is his way better than mine, et cetera? That kind of thing until you really just buy in, until yeah. you buy into uh, his beliefs and the things that he's trying to teach you. And that's when guys uh, and that's when guys get to the next level and uh, start to succeed at the University of Iowa. Uh, so uh, that transition helped me and it was a little smoother later in my career. Uh, once. Once Sash said he was leaving early, uh, a funny meeting with me and Park Coach Parker is uh, me walking into his office. Once Sash tells me this, I walk into Coach Parker's office knowing that that safety spot is open. Going, uh, hey, Coach, how you doing today? Um, I'm moving back to safety. Uh, I'll be at strong safety today. I'll see you at practice. And like walk out of his office. At this point, I'm an adult. We've been through all our talks. All right, I'm. 22 years old uh and he didn't even fight me he was like uh all right yeah that could work you know the defense and you know the position uh all right i'll see you at practice you can still work some corner as well split the reps okay yeah. okay okay coach <laughs> so <laughs> i got to uh so that transition coach parker coach parker was actually fighting me a little bit on at first i remember all spring all summer he's like uh he's making me take all the corner reps still uh, okay. and then just double up on the safety reps, which I didn't care. As long as I could play safety, I'll play more plays. I'll be tired. Uh, and I was just, it helped me get into a, a different place going into my senior year. So you really sold him on it. Like they, they teach oh. things like that in school, like assumptive it selling. Was, <laughs> it so was just not an it. easy sell. Okay. And I don't know why, like, uh, Cause he didn't have he didn't have a guy once. Sash said he was leaving uh, early. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, we had my boy Tanner back there at one of the safeties. We had Sleeper back there. We had some, but we didn't have guys that necessarily had experience. And I was the veteran of the group at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, I just made the decision to uh, lock in and take the position. Uh, do what needs to be done and shoot, ask questions later. And, I think a uh, lot of players um, coming up through the process could really take, take some notes from how you handled that being a team guy, team first. And, you know, a lot, a lot of players, if that would happen to them, you'd see them enter the transfer portal anymore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that transfer portal, man. Guys, uh, like I, I go on, rant, I've went on rants about this with our athletes and things like that. Like, which I'm not opposed to the portal and all this, but again, that process you keep hearing me talk about, like, uh, you can't skip it. Uh, you cannot skip it. And with that, like that process, I was just always going to get, the, uh, it was like my view on competition has always been weird as well because, uh, I never view competition on the guy, the guy on what that guy's doing. If I was, if I wasn't starting in my career, which was at the University of Iowa for a stint, it was always okay. Well, what do I need to do better to get on the field? It wasn't any running from the problem. It wasn't any 
well, Coach Parker moved my position. Well, Coach Parker doesn't like me. Well, like none of this stuff, which I hear all these excuses and reasons and uh, just justifications for these athletes uh, in which that process you can't skip. Either you are going to put in the work to outwork a person and make yourself get put on the field or you're not. Uh, and that's something that I really, uh, that I really sold myself on, uh, in my career. Um, I should have been starting earlier. Yes. I should have been starting at left corner my sophomore year, but then there was the hamstring and Amari stepped in. Guess what? He stepped in. I think it was three picks the first two games. Yeah. You don't come back to a spot week three. Okay. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Okay. And then I got my. The next year, all right, you stay over there, Mari. I'll go over here to the other corner, right corner, and start opposite of you. Uh, I was starting at right corner that year. Uh, all year, up until camp. Break my ankle that year. That was our Orange Bowl year. Oh, yeah. Break, break my ankle. I'm out the whole year. Guess what? Sean Prater got in over there. He stepped in and did what he needs to do. All right? So now I got Prater over here at corner. Uh, I got Amari over here. Oh, Amari's leaving. Cool. Let me go back to this one. Oh, the guy under him, uh, he's now a sophomore. His name's Micah Hyde. All right. Oh. He's that all pro for the, yeah, for the Bills. All right. That's my yeah. boy. All right. So Micah was the young guy there who the plays that we saw him make as a freshman, just the ball skills that he had, just the glimpse, like you knew what he was going to do at the University of Iowa. Mm. All right. So and Parker knew that as well. He was Parker's guy moving forward. Like, so that's tough to, all right, now I got Micah over here. I got Prater over here. Hmm. Maybe I'll move back to safety. Wait, I got Sash over here and a four-year starter in Greeny over here. Like, I was just the odd man out. Uh, and that's where so many guys would quit and give up and just do these things. Instead, I decided to just work put in the work. All right. I played a lot of special teams, nickel and dime and situational football that year. Uh, and then things, act, and then things worked out once I could finally find my home back at safety and, uh, get to it. But, uh, that process was a long one. That process yeah. was a long one. So that was four years of me not starting of me going from being the guy Mr. Get the ball, take the ball, tackle, do everything. All right. The number three safety in the country to not starting. All right. The Now I see this. And when guys get on campus and they're not starting by week three, they're in the transfer portal. Yeah. All right. Now I have, I mean, I, I see kids in high school that aren't starting for their team by week three. And, and now, now I'm asking about how the season's going. They're like, oh, we're not with that team anymore. What? No, if you start something, you finish it. Like, and that's just something that I've always been built on. That my family has always instilled in me. And uh, once I started at the University of Iowa, there's uh, there wasn't any stopping or transferring or quitting this. Like, we're gonna do what we need to do to get to where we need to go. That's really refreshing to hear you say that. And it's you know things have. Have changed a lot. And I think, you know, some things have changed for the better, you know, giving athletes more of a say and more of an opportunity to, you know, do what's right for them. But I think at the end of the day, you know, that's, it's, it's a high level of character, a high level of integrity 
that that you showed during your time there by you know sticking with the process, sticking with the team, and I think it's ended up working out pretty darn good for you because of it. But um, I could talk to you all day. I think I might have to call and set up another interview. For you. <laughs> I know, right? So, I mean, you're so fun to talk to, man. You got so much. You're so well spoken and got so much great information, so many good stories. You're like a natural storyteller. So. This is this is fantastic, but um, yeah, we better uh, better close things up with you here. And yeah. thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule with Ground Up Sports Performance and your two beautiful little girls and, and you know your family. And we just love seeing how happy and, and successful th- that you are right now. And I love seeing you rep that Hawkeye gear all the time, always, always repping, baby. Always. always. I have a whole black and gold gym, guys. Ground up is black and gold. I have black turf. Everything is black and yellow in Jim, but continue. That's awesome. That's so <laughs> cool. Off. Well, guys, check check out Jordan at Ground Up Sports Performance. See, see everything he's got going on there, doing some really, really cool stuff. And I think it goes without saying we're going to have to have you back on and, and talk a little bit more about um, good. all the other things. All right, man, have a great week. Go Hawks, and, and thanks again for meeting with us. Absolutely. You guys have a great day. Go Hawks. All right. We'll have to set. All right. Thanks, Jordan. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 